What is up, man? Welcome to another episode of the Spaminix Podcast. Listen, dude, I recorded this one back on December 16th, 2022, man. And I've been uh, kind of scrolling past this episode for, um, well, since. Um, and be- it's because it is not my favorite episode on my side. My performance as the host was a little less than favorable, dude, but Brett Davenport came on and he uh, had some interesting stuff to say, so I don't want to let that go to waste. I don't talk a whole lot in this episode, Um, and I'm sure I mention it during the podcast, but I got a little bit high before I recorded it, and sometimes that helps, sometimes it doesn't, Um, but it was a fun episode, man, and I really want to share it with you. because it was it was a good time. I realized I didn't sell it to you exactly uh, in the beginning there, but it was a good time, and I do like this guy a lot. Um, keep an eye out for him in the LA scene, dude. He is a stand-up as well, and uh, very funny guy, voice of a god, which I bring up at the top. Um, yeah, man. So. Check it out, dude. We are in the process of getting video dialed in um, because it's impossible to get a person to watch your to listen to your podcast unless they can watch it too. Um, so we're getting with the times, man. That's the one thing I've always said about myself. You gotta stick with the times. I've always said that, even before video podcasts. I was like, man, they should really get some video in this. And uh, then 20 years passed, and I still haven't done it. So, you know what? Better late than never. Um, Just on my break here, I'm substitute teaching again. I don't know why, but they think that I'm qualified. So that's what I'm doing, man. I'm handing out coloring books, and I kind of sit in the corner, and I get all my writing done for the day. It's really cool. Um, I do have a couple of dates coming up. Um... I've got, let's see, we had the Tarzana Boy show already. If you came to that, it was awesome. Um, On February 10th, I will be in Lake Elsinore um, at this comedy show. This guy, Gerald, is putting it together. I'm doing 20 minutes, man. It's the same one that Carl got a while back. He He was on a billboard. I will not be on a billboard, but I will travel two hours to get there. So I'm looking forward to that. Looking forward to doing a 20-minute set, man. It'll be my first ever 20-minute set. I've done a couple 15s. um, But yeah, man, I'm looking forward to this. And uh, I am looking forward to you hearing the episode and sticking with us, man. We've got some pretty cool stuff coming. I'm getting my room dialed in. I recorded a couple of uh, guest podcasts, but the, the video or the audio was just kind of unusable so I couldn't I couldn't get it to sync with the video and that's about as annoying as something gets you know um because I'm just not good at this stuff anymore and uh um yeah so stick around follow uh the Spaminix podcast on Instagram man if you haven't already I will um post some updates there but uh yeah in in the meantime man Enjoy the Spam and Nicks podcast. Mm-hmm.
just oh can can I talk now yeah uh, oh we lost you am I back <sighs> oh that was that was a close one you got a voice on you man thank you it's crazy you. when did that happen welcome uh, to the Spamanix podcast by the way it's great to be here it's I always okay. I always wondered all right uh did you no. yeah the, yeah. Since you asked, or the, you know, since you sent me the message this afternoon, I wondered. For the last like four hours. Here, right. Yeah. yeah. I kind of, uh, okay, what were we talking about just before? Uh, you asked when my voice happened. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I would say there, it was funny because I used to, I went from, like someone would call the house and think it was my, if, when I, and I would answer and someone would think it was my stepmom. Sure. And then, in like a week later, people would call the vo- the house and be like, "Oh shit, who's this?" Yeah. You know, like Darth Vader picked up the phone. <laughs> That's great, man. So puberty was like a rough period. My voice would crack really hard, <laughs> really bad. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, man. it was a tough transition. I do remember that transition, but uh, no, I guess it happened all the time. I have to be real, like voice cracking. Yeah, yeah. Mine would happen. It was. It was just so. It was. People would laugh because it was. It was such a stark. You know, I would. T- I would talk like this, and then all of a sudden, like, it crack as high as you can crack. Right. And I would, you know, sit, do it in front of class and stuff. So, but I'm glad it turned out all right. Yeah, man, I'd say I, so. I turned out all right on the other side. Brandon and I were just talking about it. Yeah. Uh, about your voice, man. Oh, yeah, thanks. dude, it's something else. It's a voice for radio, which, in fact, you had a job for several years in. Uh, yeah, I've worked. I, that's how I, that's how I started in the business in radio, terrestrial radio in high school. I worked at, but I didn't work at the, like the high school radio station. I worked at like an actual radio station in high school. And what were you doing? I was a disc jockey who, on Saturday and Sunday nights, I would host a uh, what was called a um, what was it called? It was called a syndicated. Na- it was a nationally syndicated CD show. So. This was like in high school in the early 2000s. And the radio station was pretty far behind technologically for that time. So um, what was I saying? Oh, so they would send CD shows and you would play a CD. Like it would be like, I don't know, Solid Gold Saturday Night or the Beatles Radio Hour or whatever. You would play the, the CD and then they would have built in local spots. And then I would come in and do the weather and I'd have to play local spots individually, like on a giant cassette deck and then come in and be like, here's the weather. Here's some local news, yada, yada, yada. And then restart the CD show. A cassette deck. Yeah. A giant one. With Brett, I'm, I'm forgetting. How old are you, man? I'm 37 years old. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah. So, but that was behind the times then. And I graduated, like my, so I got fired in my senior year in 2003. And at that time, they were still doing like, you know, everyone else had pretty much even started to go digital at that point, radio stations. Uh-huh. Um, and especially, you know, this was a professional radio station, but the guy was just, you know, he enjoyed uh, like actual reels. You would play reel to reel. So you would, you would get like a giant reel of music. And have to hook it up to like you know something you see in movies back in the day, and have to cue it up and on tape, and stuff like that. I didn't do the real the real shows, but I knew how to do it. But it was it was pretty far behind. Everybody every other radio station at that time was pretty much like digital or going digital. 
And you were 19 at the time when you started. No, I started when I was 15 there. When you were 15, you yeah. started at this radio station? Mm-hmm. Yeah, WCDO, the Tri-County Heartbeat. <laughs> That's yeah. awesome, too. Yeah, one of my teachers, I, I was in student government and I did the morning announcements. And one of my teachers, they, they were looking for like an intern or whatever at the local radio, sta- at the, the radio station. And my teacher recommended me and I went in and met with the guy and, you know, he liked me. So I started working there. At 15, man, yeah. that's cool beginnings, dude. My first job, I was, I was counting, uh, I took inventory, my, my, my stepdad worked at this, uh, at a private airport. He's a mechanic. And I would, starting in the seventh grade, maybe, I would take inventory of every nut and bolt they had at this airport. And it was fucking freezing always. Yeah. Because it, well, it, uh, they took inventory, inventory in December. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I was 100 10 pounds or whatever right. you know and just get this freezing kid. to death yeah um i've had lots of jobs like that i've had yeah. lots of shitty jobs way more shitty jobs than cool entertainment jobs but that was a cool for i i'm pretty sure that was my first actual job job i mean at one point i mean i had a few other jobs in high school but i think they they came later on i think that was like my first actual job where i got like a real paycheck and stuff so you work at the radio station for how long starting from 50 so i started there in my sophomore year and I um I got fired my right before my senior year ended and I would have I would have kept working there probably like because there was another guy who was a little bit older than me who um started when he was a junior or senior or whatever and he was now like you know almost done with college or done with college and he would come back and continue to work there so I was gonna plan on doing that but uh, kind of treated like a seasonal job situation. Yeah, that was the plan. I was like, oh, I like this. I'm, you know, I'm pretty good at it. It's and it's a cool job to come home to if I'm like home on a break or something like yeah, that. Yeah, man, nice yeah. and stable. Yeah, yeah. What, more, what more can you ask for? Yeah. Um, okay. So when did uh, when did comedy start for you? I have a hard time answering that question because it's not um, as far as stand up goes. Well, it's it's just not an easy answer for me because the first time I ever did it was in 2014, I think, right before Thanksgiving, like two days before Thanksgiving, I think it was. But it was such a, like, it was an awful experience. And I was an actor, and I always kind of gave myself the out of, well, I'm an actor just doing this to like, I don't know, challenge myself, even though deep down inside, I obviously, I wanted to be good at it and want to do it. Sure. Um, and so then I didn't do it for a year or two and then I did it and it was a little bit better, but still hard, you know, still just not even close to good. And then, uh, I would just go every once in a while for a, a couple of years. And then in like 2016, I think it was, was the first time I started going on a regular basis. And one day I crushed and it was like one of those times where the rare, you know, the one in 500 times where you actually say the things that you planned on saying all day and it, it's in the rhythm that you wanted it to be and people laugh or it, that, it, that happened finally. And it was the greatest thing ever. And I was like, man, okay. So I, f- I did that. And, uh, then I would go back more and more and more. And then by the time the pandemic happened, I was like, this is what I'm going to do. But then, the pandemic happened and I wasn't, 
established in any way to be like, all right, well now I'm going to do zoom comedy. Right. Because I wasn't even to my mind proficient in reg- in actual standup comedy. So I wasn't, so I was lost for a little while. And then when the pand- pandemic ended and things opened up here, um, I was like, all right, I, I'm going to just go and go and go and go and go no matter what. Yeah. And just, just get really good at well i was like i'm gonna regret it if i get to a point in my life where i'm like oh i'm an actor and and just continue to wait for something that is almost like so much stuff has to align it's almost like a a movie to get made yeah Yeah. it's it's almost like and that's what i like about stand-up is that you go and go and go and there's people i've seen there's people that and i'm sure it's happened to you where it's like one day they they crush and you're like Oh man, I've seen you a bunch of times. I didn't know you could be funny like that. And then they're funny like that. And it's like, I think you can find what it is about you that is funny if you're smart and you really try, really, you really do it a lot. And that was the thing. It's like, and now looking back on it, I was like, man, I wish no matter how awful that felt, that whenever, however long ago that was, I, I wish something in me took over that was like, just keep going. And, and if you can somehow just distance yourself from how awful this feels because you're so bad at this thing if I could have somehow, you know, but then it's like, whatever, you can't go back and do that. But I would say in the last two years, it's been like, all right, this is what I'm going to do one way or another. Yeah. And that's kind of freeing, right? Yeah. Incredibly. Because when you're not, when you're, when you tell yourself like, all right, I'm just going to do this thing. Right. And that's it like that's that's it that all you know really all i have to do is do what i have to do to function throughout a day and make enough money to do whatever and then sign up for open mics and go and go and go and go and go and then like once you see that you've like built a joke and like you've like started out with just a thought you know that wasn't and you might have even said on stage I don't have anything for that, you know? That's just the thought. That's just an observation. There's something, that, you know, we've all done that. And then it's like, you know, it's it's crazy. But a joke actually sometimes, a lot of times, develops out of that, you know, if you keep at it, you know? And that's the thing I like about acting, or excuse me, comedy, is that with acting, you can take classes all day. You could go to London and study with the Royal Shakespeare Academy, uh you can get acting jobs you and the, which is what happened which is why i kind of got lulled into this like false sense of something's happening here because enough i would book enough things or enough whatever big things or important enough things whatever that means would happen to be like all right well my i i my acting career is is this is what i am you know but it was just like if i was being honest with myself i, I was only like that because i wasn't good at stand up yet and if I was good at stand-up, I never would have been like, oh, well, I'm just an actor, you know, and blah, blah, blah. I'll go check out stand-up. The truth was is I wasn't I wasn't as good as I wanted to be, to be like, this is my thing. <clears throat> yeah, man, I think that's great. Yeah. It, just the decision to, you know, Will Smith. Yeah. Scandal noted. <laughs> right. Slap, slap. Oh, this is separate, separate yeah, yeah, from yeah, the yeah. scandal? Separate oh, okay. from, yeah, yeah, yeah. Said that, um, do you hear something? I hear like a humming or something. Oh, okay. Oh, dude, I'm Pretty so faint. sorry. Sorry, guys. I had to get up. Yeah. I have to be fully honest. 
I smoked just a little bit before you arrived. Yeah. It was a spliff, though, and those usually are fine for That's me. That's a half cigarette, half joint? Yeah, but I, I hit it like three times. Yeah. And... I, I smoked um, as well. Today? But, yeah, but that's, um, you know, that's just par for the course for me. Let's switch gears, man, because that's sure. where... I, okay, for just a moment. Yeah, whatever. I wasn't always like this uh, when I first started smoking. Uh, as like far what? as... Like, I feel like it's made me more neurotic. Recently? I've, I feel like the the second I turned 20, it just flipped in my brain for me. Like, I didn't want to be, I couldn't be, like, high in public. Right. Uh, like, I was thinking, like, they're going to get me. Like, yeah. they're yeah. just going to find me and, like, get me. Do you ever, like, uh, Yeah, well, really I have a friend paranoid who smokes every day, but never in front of people. Yeah. Um... And, definitely uh, one more of those yeah um no I, I i totally get that i i definitely have had a weird relationship not a weird relationship but that kind of like is this helping me is this hurting me yes yeah. that constant conversation yes. has happened and it, the 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 pitch the the volume of that conversation it goes up and down you know but um i feel that it would be nice if i didn't do it at all it would really be great if, if i didn't and i felt good and i slept good and uh you know my creative output was the same and stuff like that but like i don't know man i kind of give myself a break because i used to i mean i used to be a lot i used to do like way worse stuff and i look at like even how most people get by in a day they're on like pharmaceutical drugs and they're on, you know, something, caffeine, very few people are on nothing, like absolutely nothing. And, um, you know, I, it's something I constantly monitor, but ultimately I, you know, I give myself a break for, for having that habit. Yeah, man. I don't you drink. Gotta, right. I okay, mean, I cool. very, I, I'll drink a glass of wine or a margarita at dinner with my girlfriend every now and then, but I don't. Maybe during the holiday, I'll make myself a drink or something, but I don't mm-hmm. ever like get home and make myself a, you know, an old fashioned or something like that, like ever. So I yeah. definitely do. I gotta, I gotta knock that off. I don't think you do. I, here's the thing it's like, it, would it be nice if like we could all live drug free in the world and without any kind of assistance like that? Sure. But like, Look at what most people do to get by in a in a day to, in a day to day way. You know, just like th- they're doing things, even if it's prescribed by a doctor, that's like way worse for them. Or they're on multiple things like that, or they're on like uh, antidepressants that have side effects. It's like I I gotta I know what you're I I definitely know what you're saying, and like I said, I I have that conversation of is this helpful, is this not, but like. Yeah, lately I'm in a place where I, I I'm I'm not too hard on myself about that, you know. Yeah, that's great, man. I feel like uh, I'm okay having started weed, but I wish I never picked up nicotine. Do you smoke cigarettes by themselves? Sometimes. Yeah, yeah. I thankfully just but, never. But I'm hitting that up. electric shit constantly. 
Yeah. Like chronically. <laughs> oh yeah. Up, there he is. Uh, What's up, Brand? And it's a it's a pain in the ass, man. Yeah. Because I feel like it, if I don't have it around, I'll put it this way: I always have it around. Right. Yeah. And on the off chance I don't, uh, or one is running out, and I see it's running out, I can feel it. I get just a a little anxious. Sure. And I hate that it's got me by the balls like that. Well, would you say that I heard that there's like a third of the population is highly addictive. A third it cannot really, no matter what happens, they could smoke a cigarette, do a line of Coke. It just that's once in a while. They just don't have that in them. And then like a third is kind of like in the middle, like they could go either way. If something happens traumatic, they might become addictive, but they're not one of these people. They, that like, it's just deep totally addiction is part yeah, of their life. Right. Right. Would you, would you, cause I, I, I think that I'm, I'm pretty sure that I'm in the highly addictive category and what I've tried to do as I've, you know, gotten into my thirties, especially is like, I try to orient my addictions towards things that are not, going to that are are going to be good for me and not harm me as best as I can you know so it's I I'm just not a person that can do things in moderation like my girlfriend if like even when it comes to like eating or something like you know I can like if I say I bake a pie right she can have one slice of pie and I can't really and uh-huh. so she can't, she doesn't really have like those kinds of things in the house or she keeps them away from me or whatever, because it, man, like good food, like once that starts going down, like during the pandemic and it's happened to me a couple of times in my life where I've gotten like, not, it, it's happened, it happened to me one time real bad. And then during the pandemic, it started to happen again, where I, I can just eat so much and gain a lot of weigh and become really big. You know, like I weighed 250 something pounds at one point. In, in I know, man. I always forget that because and, I can't imagine it. And during the pandemic, it was like I was just cooking and eating and drinking and smoking all the time. <laughs> and because I didn't know what else to do, <laughs> you know. And my one day, my girlfriend came over with me and I had like a, you know, a white wife beater on and <laughs> my gut was sticking out and she came over she came over like the the pillsbury Doughboy and was like woo you know? <laughs> oh my God. and then i was like okay i know you were 250 uh and yeah at one point in college at, towards the end of my college reign yeah but that was just like that was like three years of of that, you know, just being the type of person that it's like, if I'm doing drugs, I'm going to be doing a lot of drugs, you know, like if I'm drinking, I'm going to be one of the people drinking, you know, close to the most or the most, you know, if like there's food being served, that's really good. I'm probably going to be one of the people that can't really, you know, stop, stop. Right. And so, uh, I've just adapted to know that I am that way instead of like, I don't know, trying to transform dramatically as a human. Like, I don't, I don't think, I think that's just how it is. I think some people are predisposed to addictions. I think some people are not. And I think some people, you know, it could go either way, you know, but I'm definitely one of those people. It's like comedy. It's like once I started doing comedy, one of the issues I had when I would commit to it is burnout. 
and I would go so much, especially at the beginning, and I didn't have material. And to, to my mind, like what I found helped me with that is like I found that it was actually better for me and more productive for me to take a little bit of time to do some reflection about comedy before, especially at the beginning, instead of just going, 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 going like 14 times a day. Uh, and in New York, you could do that. You could really you could go as much as you want because every you could just do uh, like a ton of mics right in a six block radius. You know, did you start in New York? That's where I first did stand up comedy. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. yeah, I did. The first time I did stand up was at this place called the Pit, the People's Improv Theater in New York. And then I would I did it. Uh, uh, so basically, up until twenty twenty, that's where I would do stand up from the inner, you know, the sporadically doing it from two thousand fourteen to like, you know, whatever until the pandemic. And then we moved here, and then when the, everything cleared up, I started doing stand up all the time out here. <sighs> yeah, man, the pandy. Really fucked us all, man. Yeah. Uh, okay. Is it is it true what they say about New York open mics? Are they really are they that more accessible? Well, it's slightly overblown that notion. Because um, I'm hearing you could you could do like ten spots in a night as an open micer. Well, you can do a lot of sh- you can go to a lot of different venues in a short amount of time because they're so close to each other. That's that's yeah. the only thing is like if you're downtown below like West fourth street or whatever by NYU in that area, you've got the comedy cellar, you've got the place next door, the pair, the prickly pair or whatever it's called. Uh, NYU has like near NYU, there's a bunch of open mics and then there's like bars that have open mics. So there's definitely more in, and it's definitely more accessible just because you're, you're right. You can walk to them, you know, whereas here, if we want, you know, but here, I think it's a little, like I said, I think that notion is a little uh, not exactly accurate because people make it sound like here you can't develop as a comic because everything's so spaced out. And it's like, no, I mean, you could do, you could sign up for five open mics in a row at the fourth wall. And granted, it's not like, you know, but you could bop around the village or not the village, the valley here and do a bunch of open mics in a night. Yeah. So, I think, uh, yes, they are more accessible, but to the degree that they're more accessible and the, the notion that it's not really like a, out here where you can't really develop or get a lot of spots in, that's not true either. Yeah, of course not. You just got to do stand-up yeah, all the time. You got to do it as much as you can. As, like, as, I think you've got to like, yeah, you got to do it pretty much as much as you can. You know, you definitely have to take time if you if you're serious about writing. I think you have to take time to reflect on your writing, you know, but then I think it's also good. Um, and then, you know, to have a couple of days off or something and kind of feel rejuvenated or whatever. But, you know, there's also a, there's benefits of being like, all right, I have this sort of ideas and I'm going to go up there tonight and explore yeah. the idea. And I don't really care what happens and it's just because you go do stand-up so often it's part of the process and like whether it goes well or not is not even right of course we always want it to go well and sometimes and sometimes you have those days where you don't even need to be on stage to have to be in that yeah on that plane yeah you know um you just kind of shut the rest of the world out or you let it all in and like it just it just kind of happens you know that that uh uh stream of consciousness yeah, it's it's a fascinating thing. It's a fascinating art form that uh, 
it's it has me constantly thinking and intrigued and observing and just curious curious yeah trying to figure out what the fuck are we all doing here you know like right. what what there's obviously some sort of facade to the society that we've built Mm-hmm. And I think comedy for me a lot of times is just like dismantling that uh, obvious like Later facade, Brent. you know. Yeah. See you, Brent. Uh, say good luck to Winnie. She's doing the improv tonight. Oh, nice. nice. Um, oh, nice. Yeah, it's her first first show there. Uh, yeah, dude, it is. It is a facade, and 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 worse. What are you doing in it? What am I doing here? Well, and that's, and I think that's, it, it, stand up is not good when it's all, you all are idiots, and I'm an enlightened being that's here to tell you about that. That's, it's never good. And, it, and I think we're all guilty of our, our act sometimes leaning too much in that direction, but that's just, you know, part of the process. And hopefully, if you have some self awareness, you balance it out with, oh, I'm also a, fucking moron who's a, a peg in the wheel and just acting like a chicken with its head cut off sometimes and yeah, buying into everything and yeah yeah, yeah. that's uh oh, dude i'm sorry man <laughs> it's all good this is why i wish we had video because like it could be it could be explained away uh you could set up you'd have to set up two cameras though right and then edit and Set up a camera there on me and then a camera like that, probably. I think so, man. And and it's just got to happen. But my deal, Brett, is that I'm not good with this stuff anymore. Neither am I, man. That's my deal as well. I was, I just, I had a very interesting uh, conversation. <laughs> every, probably once, a, it happens less and less, but I have like an industry meltdown of like, how am I not further along? That sort of thing, you know? Like, how am I doing stand-in work on a show when I, the person that I'm doing, the lead of the show is someone I was in a show with on equal footing with, and now I'm their stand-in. Uh, so my girlfriend is a publicist, and she was telling me about this guy who I think his moniker is like the comedy king or something to that effect, and I've never heard of him. And he just does comedy, f- fucking Instagram, TikToks, whatever. And he made 8.2 million dollars last year and and he you know he's come his manager is like gotten in touch with her because she's a publicist and he's gotten deals with like jimmy uh like jimmy kimmel has wanted to do a deal with him and he signed a deal with happy madison all based on like this like internet content and like I, i i it's just so frustrating for me because like i don't see how you have the time to do quality art and then to do this shit like to edit and put filters on and to make it i don't know like i i don't have that skill set and it really uh it it just it's really frustrating it fucks up the workflow yeah and it's it's uh i've always wanted to do music production Mm -hmm. not really but like not not pursue it but just to kind of fuck around with it yeah i uh i got here's my thing put what money I do have towards problems that don't exist yeah. really. Right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like what? Like, uh, like, well, how am I going to get good at music production? You know, I gotta, I gotta, 
I got to buy $200 worth of logic to oh, install I, on this, yeah. on this uh, laptop. And then I got to figure out what do all of these buttons do. Right. Just on GarageBand, dude. I have no idea. I mean, you can kind of fuck around with it, but it comes back to discipline, man. And well, I don't always have that. Yeah. I mean, but what I find is difficult with that is if you don't have that skill set, it's enormously time consuming. Like when I'm looking up a YouTube video on how to edit this or put in this effect or to uh, just simple stuff that like younger people who grew up with this stuff know just intuitively or I mean some of them not all of them but like I don't know I don't know how you're supposed to like write comedy or a script or like be an actual artist and also you know fucking TikTok and do your filters and your editing and your fucking bull I just and it it obviously frustrates me deeply and it it pisses me off because to me I grew up thinking about being on TV and in movies. I didn't think about or doing stand up or you know doing something real live in you know well not that TV and movies are live but like I there was no digital landscape for me to like be like oh I'm going to be a YouTuber. You know that just wasn't a thing when I was a kid. So I saw old movies and it kind of transported me to another world and I thought oh my god what is this like f- this is what I want. So I I just never the notion to me that you can gain lots of followers and money off of like fairly low quality iPhone type of like videos of nothingness what I observe a lot of times. I it just it, it doesn't make sense to me. I just don't Yeah. So my only thinking is oh I have to have a great script and makes a great film or pitch something to Hulu or Netflix and get this actually made. And a lot of people, that's not what they're thinking. It's like, oh no, you go do your, get a TikTok following, do your stand up on TikTok or, or make your little videos on this social media platform and get millions of viewers. And then it's like, then they do business with you. And so it's like, now I have to like this year is what we talked about. I have to figure that out, you know, like whether it's doing a podcast like this or, becoming more savvy at that because that's just how it is you know it, it's just yeah you it gotta is. you gotta adapt with the times yeah. and I, but i'm uh do you want to be a tiktok star no yeah of course not no i don't i but all but i want to be able to go on the road yes. and you know have people uh, you know i want to be free of of the fucking shit i want to i i don't want to have to worry about money anymore or like you know, so if it was like, oh, this thing that you resent, I honestly, I, I think TikTok, which I guess it might get shut. I mean, Congress is talking about banning it in the United States, but like, it's an awful social media to me is an awful net negative towards humanity. It's a poison. Awful, awful. It, it's like the people who made it have come out now and told you this thing is is a poison to your mind. It's to me, it's just like <laughs> the cigarette companies poisoned people's bodies and lied about it and came out. And now these people have come along and are poisoning people's minds. And it's like, it's even worse. It's way, way worse because a cigarette wasn't able to like, you know, figure out your habits and have devise an algorithm to trick you into smoking cigarettes, you know? Um, but I would love to be able to go on the road whenever I wanted and to be like, you know what, I'm going 
for the next 10 weeks, I'm going to Phoenix, Portland, San Diego, uh, Seattle, Albuquerque, blah, blah, out here in the West Coast. Just call up these clubs and they're like, oh, yeah, you, you, you know, come on. You know, I, that's what I want. So if I had to put things up on TikTok, if it still exists or some other platform like that, like this year, I kind of have to figure that out, I think, because I've also seen now, I've seen, there was someone I did an open mic with at Fourth Wall down in Hollywood last year, right? And I don't know if I, what I want to say. Well, I'll just say it, whatever, but I'm not going to say who the person is, but this person had a good joke. Yeah. They have a funny joke a really good solid personal joke that is like their their go-to right i've seen that person in in whatever social media form 700 times over telling that one joke mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. that person is now on saturday night live so <laughs> do i agree with it do i think it is good for the art form absolutely not I, I think it's awful. And I, I think the only way for me to make it work is I probably have to have someone else alongside with me do kind of helping me out with it because I, sure. I don't have the time. I don't have the mindset. First of all, I don't want to throw my fucking phone in my face and go live and say, Hey everybody, you know, like I'm not that guy. And for me to pretend to be that guy, I'd literally have to develop a character that everyone would know I was playing because it would be so disingenuous. And so you know, I have to figure something out, but like if it led to me being able to, to have my own dates and like, you know, being able yes, to tour that I would dream. do it. Yeah. Yeah. To be a touring comic. Yeah. On your terms. On your terms. Yeah. It's just, it's just you. You can yeah. represent yourself for yeah. so long into a career now. Yeah. And you just have to be good at stand up. You have to have really enough good. people to come out to see you. And it does, it's yes. not, it's a, it's a big number when you're starting out and you think about it. And I don't know what the number is. I've heard different things of like how big of a following, like I've heard if you, someone said, if you, if you bring like 25 people to a show in LA, every time you go out, yeah, like no matter where the comedy store, or the improv factory, where you're going to get booked. If you're, if there's 25 people there because of you, that's an entire fourth wall, right? More so. I mean, Once you would a, you would pack three out times a f- night if you wanted yeah. to. Yeah. Ah. And you think about it like twenty five. It's like ah oh, shit. I have like some weird stalker dude who comes to my shows. I got my girlfriend, my best friend. They're kind of burnt out. Like so at the beginning, you're like oh fuck, how am I get twenty five people? But then you think about it. If you do stand up for a while, you get out there, you can get twenty five people to come to a show. Yeah, man. You know. Yeah, of course. And then once you got twenty five people coming to the show around here, then you're at the store and you, people are seeing you more often, and that number becomes a little bigger, and then. Once that number's big enough, it's just, you're free, you know? <sighs> I can't wait, dude. And it's, once you decide it, that's that's where you're going. Yeah. That's in my head too, man. Fucking comedy store. Yeah. Nothing else. Yeah. And once you give yourself permission to say, that's that's where we're going. It's decided. It's already happened. Mm-hmm. Back to Will Smith. That's where we. Uh, fuck. Oh right, the Will Smith thing. Oh, yeah, yeah, love yeah. when that happens. <laughs> <laughs> Video would be great for that. Uh, I was miming, uh, jerking up, masturbating off. furiously. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Will Smith. Yep. When you say it's already done, the comedy store. Thank you, Jesus Christ. Yeah. Back to Weed Man. Short term memory. 
I spent so much of my life trying to figure out where I just was, like yeah. in a conversation or in the world. That's part of the conversation on the side of, is this worth it? Like, I've lost my keys three times this week. Not really, but you okay. know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. I'm constantly yeah. frantically checking pockets for yeah. keys for and something. wallets and cell phones. And or, did I bring my notebook? Did I, you know? cigarette yeah. notebook, journal, wallet, keys. Yeah. Open mic book. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, to your, uh, about Will Smith. Once you decided. Yeah. It's already done. Yeah. The world hasn't seen it yet. Yeah. But you're on your way mm-hmm. and you've decided that's what I'm doing before yeah. I'm dead. Yeah. And, and also the good thing about comedy that other art forms, some do, some don't have, is like in, in terms of the business, there's not really a age like it's not like oh damn you made it as a comic at 35 that's like really late it's like yeah you could say it's late but also it's like what else we gotta do well and it doesn't matter that you started that you got in at 35 or 40 like of course not you it's not like oh it's oh you only have like four more years of being hot you know it doesn't matter if you're hot and in fact and like you know whereas others like if you couldn't you know you could dunk a basketball right if you didn't make it to the nba until you were like 26 it'd be like oh shit you don't have much of a career like you're a late bloom. whatever happened happened but you don't have a lot of time uh any and they sport took everything to get that good right right whereas so what like, now right for the rest of my life yeah whereas comedy is like rodney dangerfield didn't pop off until he was like 41 ricky gervais didn't start really doing stand-up until he was in his 40s um a lot of guys don't really get popular until they're the 40s and 50s, you know? So it doesn't, um, there's not that kind of pressure on it. Other than, like, of course, I would like to make a lot of money at this point in my life right now. Yeah, uh, yeah, yesterday. That, yeah, right, yesterday, 12, 12 <laughs> years ago. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, that, that's always there. But stand-up doesn't put, like, an extra pressure on that, whereas if I was a model or if I was a, just an actor who was just relying on being a hot guy or something, you'd be like, oh shit, I'm, how much How much longer am I going to be this? You know, it's like you have to worry about what type you're going to be and shit like that. And if your right. looks keep up and if you keep uh, like... And if a billion other things line up A correctly. billion other things. Like you run in, it, like there's so many... Th- yeah, that's the thing that drives me fucking insane about acting. Like how can you... It's like I got to the point where it's like, how can I as an artist like just kind of like throw my like work so hard at some it's like you have to bust your ass just to buy a lottery ticket and then after you've busted your ass and gotten good and done this that went to workshops did this got an agent did this book this did theater all this you're still just in a pool of people who've just been given the privilege of buying a lottery ticket and now you still have to win the lottery it's just like instead of the lottery being like anybody can go buy a ticket it's like oh you had to (laughs) go through incredible trials and tribulations to get a ticket and then even then you're still just in a lottery you know so much tv is out there now though and so many movies yeah so many different avenues of like there's a lot making a living yeah there's definitely a lot out there but unless you're a creator and you have that capacity to create like you're still at the whim of a lot of things like for instance um you're uh, like societal trends 
you know? Right. If you're not a type of person that someone sees as like an archetype of the world we live in, like, you know, like all the, most of the shows that shoot in New York are like procedural shows about cops or doctors or whoever in the world today. So it's like, who's a stereotypical person in the world or an archetype in the world today? Who's the type of person you see in the world today? If you, if you're not like a, if you're not one of those people, then it's hard. You're not like, you're not even really competing for anything. You're, you're not, you're not even, you don't even really have a chance, you know? And then if you, and then like you can be, of course you get a, uh, enough of a name and enough credibility in the business that roles get made around you or you're seen in ways that maybe you weren't initially seen because you're more well known. And then, but that's, you know, that's getting to a, a certain level in the industry. Yeah, you get older, you have some life experience, yeah. there's something different about you now. Right. You're and, more believable. Well, and all, right, and also you'll be given the chance to be like, oh, well, maybe I don't see Dayton, uh, maybe at first I didn't see Dayton had the capacity to be, I don't know, like, whatever, a killer. Uh-huh. But now that I've seen him in this, and he's been on this show for eight episodes, there were moments in there where I thought, okay, maybe, and then you're given that chance. But right. you're not given that chance to be the thing that people don't necessarily right off the bat see you as at the beginning. Like, if you look like a jock, mm-hmm. no one's going to be like, oh, well, I mean, I shouldn't say no one. That's a, a generalization. But for the most part, what I've observed in being in the industry and, yeah. and being at the whim of it, it's like if, if Brett looks like a jock or a cop, we're sending Brett out to be a cop. We're not sending Brett out to do the weird, um, like, you know, where he's like a young professor you know, uh, even though maybe he could do that. And I know he could, maybe I, I think he could do that at the beginning. People don't see you that way and they're not going to give you that chance. So yeah, until, until someone else takes the chance, right. You do it and they're like, Oh, fuck. and then you're in everything. Yeah. Right. You know, but like too many things being out of your control and I'm going to have to like somehow like put my head down and work at this every day when it feels like it doesn't matter what I do, you know? Whereas comedy is like, oh, I see actual tangible results from going to do comedy every day. Yeah, you have an idea, and you bring it on stage, it for five dollars mm-hmm. and a little bit of balls, mm-hmm. and they'll tell you if you're right. Yeah, but for the most for, part, but yeah, yeah, you're right. I mean, you know, obviously, there's times in open mics when everybody's got their phone in their face. And <laughs> yeah, it doesn't matter what you say. There, and it doesn't yeah. really matter what you said. But you go enough that averages out, you know, that washes out. Like it it is about the idea and whether it worked or not. And you can overcome people having biases against you and a lot of things. If you are actually genuinely putting in the effort to tell, you know, to do the, to do the actual craft. I think we all who do it, like notice that and appreciate it, you know? Yeah can't wait for that what for people to appreciate it. <laughs> you must i mean you, you must get like you know we all like show each other that like oh you know we yeah all, we've we've got good and bad nights man yeah yeah but i think people are pretty good about like uh well there's some people you can just never get to laugh or say good job or anything but i know i man. think the Those feedback at the fourth me. wall is fairly accurate i yeah. think so too and what and what they say about you know a three or a four response at at fourth wall specifically because mm. that place can be dark oh yeah in 
in ways that I've never seen at other open mics. So I come, I come to, I go to fourth wall more than anything yeah. else by a Same. massive majority. Uh, if you can get some people to like look up from their phones, yeah. even that might be an all right laugh at a show. Oh yeah, it, it probably will. Well, be. there's times when I hear somebody say something and I know that it would be funny at a show, and it doesn't get a response. Yeah. And then the person sometimes will like. It, because it's so hard not to like our it's so hard not to be a fucking feeling person right it, like if you could just somehow armor yourself against that 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 is such a big thing and just be like oh don't feel bad that there was no response like there was something there you yes know? um you just got to believe that you're not you're you're right you're correct you're not just you're just not there yet or they're not there yet it yeah, was a bad or, night or um, or, you know, or there's nothing wrong with being like, oh, I, I didn't, ha- that wasn't as fully thought out as I thought, or I, uh, I have to go a different way with that or whatever the feedback, there's nothing absolutely at nothing at all wrong with that, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's just part of it. Yeah. It's supposed to suck. Yeah. Louis CK said that you get good at stand up is entirely done through failing. The, the ascent of stand up, the journey of stand up is is entirely about failing right because you don't you don't learn anything from the success no you don't you, it just feels good and you go oh that joke that i've told 925 times that got laugh it got a laugh again tonight mm-hmm. which it, it, at first that's an accomplishment if you can tell one joke that makes people laugh that's great but like i bombed a show i didn't i didn't like people told me it was fine and funny and whatever but like i know what happened is i thought my new shit was more ready than it was and right before right before i went on i realized it wasn't and then i didn't quite pivot enough away from it so i stayed in this weird lingering period uh zone of like i'm i'm trying this new shit the audience knows i've forgotten it i'm kind of like playing it up like i'm you know being caught cheating on my test right now and so people are laughing at that yeah kind of stalling a little bit stalling like doing the tricks that you, you learn to be cutesy and funny That's but right. you know deep down inside i fucked up and and all that matters is that it was fine for the audience or whatever and they just enjoyed it but you know for your own personal you know right and the other comics craft. know for sure and the other comics you know. know and the people know deep down inside but yeah. like you don't but want that's that beautiful to, man it is. that's a it is but it, it's just like one of those things where it's like all right well uh, now i'm going to redefine what really having your new shit down means or or be like all right i'm going to be comfortable going up with, here and not having to be like this punchline leads to this story this story leads to here this leads to here and if i hit all these things it's a home run but then when you don't hit it and you start forgetting things be like, all right, I have my bullet points and I have my new jokes and hopefully that, you know, they'll be there. I hope when they come to them, but like, I'm going to go up and kind of like, you know, feel, and I started to do that. I started to like do some crowd work, which is not my favorite thing. And I had some jokes that I was going to do about the other people's stuff, but I thought it was maybe a little too controversial. And I, so I just, I didn't quite, you know, pivot from a game plan that wasn't, that just, that didn't work, you know, but that was a learning, that was a learning experience. I think that's great, man, to go up to a show. Cause I, well, you said that the crowd, 
said it was good, but you know that you bombed. So they were they were they thought the way I handled it was 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 uh, I guess charming or cute or right, whatever. Right. But like, and I did get a few of my jokes off, or a couple of my jokes off, but. I kind of wish that in the moment, once I realized, oh, you're not going to hit these things, these points, there, you don't have it as memorized as you'd like, not as in there as you would like. I just, I, if in the future, like, you know, I either will have that really down and know that I have it down. Before you try it again at a show. Yeah, or yeah. just be okay with with what happens, you know? And I think if yeah. you lean into what's really going on, that also is really funny, obviously, a lot of times, or at least impactful. Yeah, because something's happening, and it's only happening there. It's only happening there, and it's and, happening live. Yes, yeah. that's right. And however many people are in the audience, they all saw it happen. Yeah. If you don't talk about it, yeah, you're pretending. You're pretending, and then once you start pretending and you start doing your act, to me, that's the worst feeling when, when, everybody, when everybody knows, including you, that it's not going well. But you're like, I'm just going to repeat these words that I know are my act. But your act is not going to work. I've definitely been there. I've been up there where I know I'm just saying my act because I don't know what else to do. And I'm just kind of like a deer in the headlights that has happened. And they've called your name. Yeah. Yeah. So you have to do something. You have to say <laughs> something. You can't just. You have to you say something. You could leave, I guess, but you could leave. Um, you could you could always <laughs> uh, return your time to the room. You know, like yeah. halfway through, which I've I, I've definitely thought about doing. <laughs> Uh, but fuck that man that's not no, what we're doing no here. no you gotta swim in it you gotta just swim in the shit like once you once you shit you just have to kind of <laughs> bask in it and realize that's what it is and it's it's gonna be shit and once you do that then something funny can happen but the pretending is oh my god it's a terrible feeling to have when you're doing it and it's a terrible feeling to watch someone do it yeah and then and then of course like as the comic you have to you have to be self-aware enough to know. Oh, what should I? Should I backtrack? Can I get away from this? Can right. I actually go? Ba- can Can I join you in the moment? Yeah. Actually. Yeah. Uh, can we not talk about the DMV? Yeah. <laughs> it's it's living in the moment, man, and mm-hmm. it's going up there, and maybe being okay with. Okay, so this is half baked. I did it, however many times at an open mic. Is that enough? What's enough? How many? Right. What's the number? Yeah. Uh, but I can't just go up there and be silent, and it's going to drive me crazy no, if I, I absolutely fail. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. And that pressure with you all day, like when you have a show at ten o'clock at night, and it's just all day. What am I going to say? <laughs> it's a funny thing. I've thought about that so many times, and I kind of want to tell a joke about it. But it's like there's days where I I have that thought where it's like. All right, well, we're we're a couple hours from showtime and I I got to say something, you know? And there's times where it's like am I really going to say my act? Am I going to do my act mm-hmm. again? Um and then you don't also have like a new thing you really want to talk about that day, but it's like, well, I got to go. I got to you know. Yeah, you've got to give them something. And sometimes and sometimes it's uh it sucks to pretend. I think like we were saying that's the worst. For the audience, but more you, because you did all these open mics, or you did, you've been preparing or stressing about this 
more than anyone else has. Yeah. You know, them yeah. talking the perform like uh, from the audience's perspective. Right. They don't give a shit. Like yeah. they're, but you're stressing about this thing, and at ten o'clock, it's gonna happen, mm-hmm. and we'll figure it out. Yeah, something's gonna come out of my mouth, and hopefully, it makes people laugh. It's coherent, and I'm charming, yeah. charismatic, and f- hilarious. Um, yeah, it is. It, it is a wild thing, and one of the things that is so wild about it, and the the feeling that I had the first time I did it is how naked you are and how much everything up there comes from you like it all starts with you yeah you you don't have music playing you don't have a script you don't have you have so much free freedom that if you thought about it it's overwhelming you you can go up there and do anything almost and it's 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 a wild wild thing to do with your life yeah to create your own reality as far as uh, I guess storytelling goes, yeah, you can go up there and do anything, man. And um... I mean, all you really have to do—the way I see, like being on a show, like any show, like you really—you're like kind of on a team, you know. Like it's you. The comics are the team, kind of almost against the audience, mm-hmm. but with the audience. Um, and you're—it's almost like you know, like high school wrestling when you have a dual meet. Or some I didn't wrestle, but my dad was a wrestling coach, and I've wrestle. You wrestle a high school wrestling is a, is a team, but you go out there one on one, and you're representing the team. But you're all it's really for you. It's like you're trying not to get your ass kicked by this right. other this other kid from another school, you know? Yeah, and fuck the metal. I just don't want to. I don't want to fucking die. <laughs> Be embarrassed and humiliated. You know, so, but really, if you simplify it, it's like, well, all I have to do for my team is like, I, I have to win for my team. I have to like, it's like, you're you're just kind of keeping the ball rolling for your team. And when you're a stand up, right. like your part is for that 10 or 15 minutes or whatever, however long you're up there, your part is to keep the fun going. You know, and then until the next guy comes on, you pass the baton to him or her, and then she or he uh, keeps the fun going. Yeah, hopefully and, they're happy to take it from you. Right, and, and <laughs> yeah. that's right, <laughs> right, right. Hopefully you don't have hand them just like a floppy dead fish, you know, <laughs> after you went on. But that's how I think about shows. It's like, yeah, I have my own personal thing that I'm doing, and I. Uh, for my own self, I'm doing this for a deeper thing, but that is only for you, really. Some people will appreciate it from a distance after they look at your body of work or your whatever, but that internal thing, your act that you're constantly working on, your art form and how much it means to you, that's really for you. For you, you know? The process, you mean. Yeah, that yeah. process is, is you're the one getting the benefit from that. You're For me, it's like uh, I'm the one that my life is, in a way, is kind of like, not to be too dramatic, but save from the fact that I have something like that, that I have an artistic process that I do all the time. And for me, I'm trying to make it as great as I possibly can. And for me, I have ideas in my head about where I want it to go. But then I also try to be like, but for today, you're at the haha or you're at wherever. And your job is to keep the laughs going and the fun going for the next 10 minutes. You right. Know? And that takes a lot of pressure off, I feel like. 
but while still in the back of your head still having all that pressure yeah this is what i this is where we're yeah. really going yeah you know um and those those show days man if if it doesn't go i'm lucky enough to say i haven't had an awful show yet but i haven't had an awful show yet the last show i had was not great and and i had a show at the haha that the host and the night the vibe was so there was no like you would have needed like an electromagnetic pulse machine to like shock some life into that place. It was just, it was rained all day. It was late. It was no audience, hardly any audience. The host was just, did not set up the show well. Uh, and it was just, it was tough. But the last show was the last, where to me, it wasn't awful. But to me, it kind of was. To me, it was not at all what I wanted to do. But I, I learned a lot from that. Yeah, because it was a shitty situation. Yeah. And also what we were uh, I was saying about Louis C.K. earlier talking about failing your way through that the reason why I, I did that where I was like, I'm going to go up with relatively new material and not and, and that's it. I'm not going to go up there with my opening hit and because that's that's what I for show shows. That's what I was doing. I was just like, I'm at all these new places. I'm just trying to win over this club, you know, and the people who come here or whatever. And so I'm going to come out with my hits every time. And because I've done my hits a thousand times, I pretty much know that they're going to get a good response or at least some sort of response. And then when you go out there with those and it's like, all right, I'm going out with this joke that gets a laugh and that's going to lead into this joke that I pretty much always gets a laugh. And it's like, so you kind of like guaranteed yourself if you've done it enough, if you've done a lot of work, not everybody can just go out there knowing that they have jokes that are going to work. But like you can do that every time. And you never have to deal with that shitty feeling, but you also never do, you'll never do what we do at open mics, which is like, go out there and be like, I don't know where this is going to go. And this, I'm not going to go with all of my like top, uh, hits to get all my, all my get out of jail free cards. I'm not going to have any of them and see what happens. And that's what I wanted to do. See Uh, if I can find something new. See if I can find something. Yeah. Or try to develop as a comic. Yeah. Yeah. Because, and so that was the first, this was last weekend. And it was the first time I didn't go out there with all of my stuff that I knew pretty much was going to work. So I don't, I don't, I don't feel bad about it, but it wasn't good. Yeah. Louis also talks about, um, have you seen, uh, talking funny Yeah. with, uh, of course you have. Yeah. Chris Rock and yeah, Seinfeld dude, and it's uh, the, it's Ricky the best. Yeah, they talk about how you could be like a a touring comic in the eighties with with one hour or an hour and a half and do that your entire career. Yeah, and the place would be roaring. Yeah, not how it is uh, anymore. No, no, and, could, and why mean, would have uh, and and respect totally. Yeah, but. How much it, are you going to develop, man? You're you know? not. Then that's not really even an. I mean, I don't even think you could do that now, especially as a younger person. Well, you wouldn't have the the backlog of material. But even if you were to say, like, I don't know, someone in their 40s or 50s, like, say, Louis just had his series of hits, right? That wouldn't that wouldn't work because anytime you you know, like, I I still <laughs> I don't give a shit. I still watch Louis and buy his shit and go to his website. Same. Um, I'm only doing that because I'm like, what the fuck does he have to say now? 
Yeah, I would never, if it was like, oh, I'm going to hear Welcome to the Jungle again or whatever, you know, if I'm going to hear your your hit song again and again, that doesn't, you can do that with music. You can be the Rolling Stones or, right. or Paul McCartney or Billy Joel or whatever, and Aerosmith and play your hits. But, and that's what people want. And, and then in those situations, it's like, if you go to see Paul McCartney, he plays like his new song, you're like, why don't we get back to Eleanor Rigby, huh? You know, <laughs> yeah, that's right. Why, why, why don't we put yesterday back on? Um, I, I, yeah, I don't think that's really an option now to have an act like that. But that's how it was then, and good for them. There wasn't as much uh, exposure. There was no social media. You know, people who saw that act only saw that act. They didn't go on YouTube and f- see your uh, all of your stuff and like. When you came to Palm Springs or Miami Beach or whatever, those people there—that's their first time seeing the act. Yeah, that's um, right. You have, but but in exchange, you have to live on the road. Yeah. With nothing. Yeah. You know. Yeah. For however long it takes. Yeah. But uh, yeah. So I'm definitely glad that that stuff like that is accessible. Yeah. Um. It does hurt more to watch yourself bomb on HD video. Oh, God, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, and stuttering and fucking making a mess of what you know, you thought was poetic, in, you know, when you wrote it in the shower. Yeah, um, dude, it's the worst. But yeah. I'm trying to move into into your space, which is cutting your teeth at shows, you know, because open mics only get you so far. And having like a real audience and having a consistent one. I think that's that's where the Tarzana boys are at right now. Just trying to figure out like how do we do like a weekly show. Um, yeah, it takes a lot. If you don't have a recognizable head. Well, I mean, that's what you, you have to get to a point where you're like a recognizable headliner to have that. I, I mean, or close to it. I mean, it seems like there's people who are kind of in that not quite there but they still have a following Mm -hmm. or enough of a following but yeah i mean you got to get a decent amount of people to come and consistently see your thing that's all there is to it and it's impossible because we live in los angeles for 10 or 15 dollars more than what you're asking for they can go and see the best in the world yeah 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 it's tough i mean it's really tough um that's why you got to get to the comedy store. Right. Or that's why you have to, the, to me, like you're saying that you just decide that's what it's got to be. And that's what it's got to be. And to me, for where we are, like you have to get seen regularly at big spots like mm-hmm. that. Or how else are you going? People just aren't going to check it. I don't want to say this because it's not entirely true. And yes, you can obviously you can break out of obscurity, but like that it's a, it's a, it's a constant like pounding, knocking at the door. You know what I mean? To break, to be someone that people don't know to someone who sees you and kind of knows you and recognizes that you are decent. There's still several other steps before that person becomes like, a follower, a fan of yours is going to go see you. And I think, you know, we're probably both at the point where there's people, you know, people come to a show and they're like, you're, Oh wow. That was really good, man. You're good. Good shit. Blah, blah, blah. But then to make that a person that comes to see you, you know, you have to have credibility. You had to get, you have to get credibility. Like 
you have to be at the store. You know, you people have to see you on a lineup with fucking whoever. You know? Yeah, fill in the blank. Fill in the blank. And then once they see that, then it's like, oh, then I'll pay whatever to go see Brett or Dayton, you know, or the, I'll go to this show because they're headlining. Um, but I don't, I, I mean, you, yeah, well, that's what we want, but, uh, um, that's also, there's a lot of things out of your control for that. Yeah, know? man. It just like, takes time. It takes time. And it, and it, it's like, you know, once you get to those spots, I, I, that it will happen. If, if you're at the comedy store yeah. on a weekly basis, you're gonna you're gonna get noticed and you're doing and and because i was gonna say and you're doing good work but if you've gotten there you know you're doing good work and plus you're i mean we're we're both people who are doing this as much as we can you know i don't i don't have that many more opportunities to do stand-up that i don't take advantage of and when i don't do stand-up it's either because i just simply was not available that day because of of work or something being on set um, or I took a deliberate day off where it was like, I'm going to look through all my notes. I'm going to listen to this set or like sometimes is what I'll do. I'll just kind of just sit there and think, I'm like, what are all the jokes that I've told that I started and I'll try to just do it from memory. Just like write all these things that I know have potential and kind of just write them all out and see if I can start working on them. Um, but oh shit, my girlfriend. Oh, you're good, man. buy a car yeah if you bought a car it's the only time this has ever happened if you bought a car in like 2020 it, it is the only time that it's actually a pre, used cars have appreciated in value because right, of because a series of problems the chips the use of the rental car companies buying in lots of used cars driving the prices up um but yeah i need a car so what are you driving right now i mean my girlfriend and i split a bmw x2 nice yeah here i thought you were pushing a, a fucking hot dog wagon <laughs> around <laughs> uh if it wasn't for my girlfriend i'd be pushing a hot dog wagon around yeah i'd be looking to upgrade to like you know like an ice cream truck or something like that like a solid cart i've wanted to do that for a very long time be an ice cream man well no not as of late but yeah <laughs> there was a time i just thought yeah i just thought like that'd be kind of fun yeah watching. like when you were a kid probably yeah, yeah yeah there was a lot of jobs like that I, I was gonna give a try when i was a kid and then as i got older you realized there was a bit no of me job is really great i sold solar for a while really yeah yeah door to door i canvassed and and i thought before i started it's like I'd probably be pretty good at this yeah for no fucking reason, I had this. I I, I felt it in my bones. This is a I confidence. think I'll be all right. Yeah. I got two guns pulled on me in Bakersfield, canvassing for solar wow. for Sunrun. Guy Reuven works there now. Oh, guy, yeah. Guy talks about selling solar in his act. Probably bleep his name out. Oh, well. He won't give a shit. But no. Um, no one no one listens to this, by the way, Brett. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Just, I, I I was just coming over to hang out, just chat. <laughs> all right, cool, man. Uh. You gotta go. Yeah, pretty. Yeah, probably pretty soon here. Yeah. How long do you usually go for? Um. So this was a mistake, but the first episode, this it wasn't a mistake. It was like three hours long. Wow. Which, 
It didn't need to be. Yeah. In retrospect, it's a little obnoxious. But I like the long pods, man. Yeah. I like that form. I do too. I mean, I like it way better than um, like, you know. NPR, Wade, Bullseye with Jesse Thorne. That was my first podcast. Um, I like uh, long form podcasts like way better than watching like a Tonight Show interview or something like that. God, dude. Speaking of SNL. Awful. What a garbage fucking show. It's just, it's really sad to me to see how. Like the Dave Chappelle episode, I I barely got through the first sketch, and not that the first sketch was bad, but it was just like I don't know. The they're so in a political bubble that they have no self awareness. It seems, or I mean, I, I I can't pretend that I know what goes on there, but from the outside looking in, it seems like it has to be something like that. They're pandering, but it's, it's not, SNL, but, you know, which I, I don't, I don't know. It, it, there's just no humor to it. That's the thing. that, And then the frustrating thing is, is like, if you, if you express that, that that's your problem with SNL. And then it's like, then you get assigned like some political affiliation, like being on the other team or you don't. And it's like, no, I don't like really corny, bad attempts at comedy. It's not and any I don't, deeper than that. Yeah, it's not yeah. any deeper than that. It, it's it's just it bothers me that this thing that I found hilarious as a kid, that was like an institution, is 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 stupid. It's really bad. It's like really really bad. And if you have someone like Dave Chappelle on, or like did you see? I I, I try. It's funny because I still try to watch it. Like I try to watch almost every episode, or at least. Oh really. I wouldn't say that's. I wouldn't say every episode, but every episode where the host is someone I'm interested in. Okay, yeah. So like, the Steve Martin and Martin Short. I was like, how do you have two of the most like iconically talented comedic people in the world, and this is the show that you came up with? Uh, did you see any? Uh, I saw. I saw the one. They're on a train. Yeah. The uh, they're cooking like a cooking and class. They sort of like sleep, fall asleep at the end or something. Yeah, they fall asleep at the end. But I, I it was garbage, man. I, it yeah. pissed me off. Yeah. Uh, I what did I post on my Instagram? Uh, the show would be awesome if the writers came in and ate their own shit. Yeah, or I, I thought like I, that. that was you. That something I, of that sentiment. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I well, I shouldn't say, but there are other comics we do stand up with that post uh, that posted stuff about Saturday Night Live. But I do remember you posting that. But it's unfortunate because it's um. There's no like, there's no like real biting satire show in the mainstream. Like that really, that isn't just like serving one, just, and and not just serving like one side politically, but being so obvious and unfunny about it, you know? Yeah. There's, there's no one that's really like doing real satire, which would be like picking apart everyone who's, uh, you know. It's too easy to cancel people and people and a lot of things and the the people doing the canceling like what are, aren't even fans there. I mean, and also what kind of delusional narcissism do you suffer from that you think that you should be able to dictate the course of someone else's existence, like whether or not they have a job in the public sphere, whether or not like it's just people are not moral ethical or intelligent enough to be like 
judge, jury, and executioner of other people. Right. They're just not, especially a mob of internet people on a a, a platform. And that's the bar just, of entry, a why, fucking computer. Yeah, why? But why do like, why do corporations and and people in positions of power? Why do they acknowledge it as if it fucking matters what they say? That's what drives yeah. me insane. And it's like they don't take into account. It's like okay, you have a mob of angry people, but. Those mob of angry people were looking for something this week to get upset about. Yeah. And they will forget about it in 12 minutes or right. less. Right. Like, seri- I mean, think about things that are like, oh, my God, this happened. And then if you think about it, it's like, how long was it really like that for now? A week? Uh-huh. If that. Uh-huh. You know, and that's a, a news story to last a week now is like. Catastrophic. Rare. Yeah. And so, like, I don't know. It's like, why do you have to like the, there's a certain type of person that's a Yelp reviewer, you know, why would you cater to just Yelp reviewers? Right. You got to have some understanding that to be a Yelp reviewer, to be someone. And that's what I, it's akin to, right? Like you're like a Yelp reviewer of life. Like you've had a bad experience with this person, this actor, or you don't like what you've heard from a million miles away, having no understanding of what actually happened, but you are going to like litigate a case and review whether or not this person should have a career. Like you have to be a certain kind of crazy person to, to be that way and delusional and just psychotic. And it amazes me that we're like, Oh, what these people think that's just going to be the direction of that we go in. Right. You know? Some of it is just, hey, I have a Twitter account. Why don't I reach out to this person and try to fuck up their day? Yeah. And, or it's just, they're, they're just, there, there's people who I think like, once you do that, like once you start down the road of like, all right, I get into it with people online uh-huh. and I, you know, you see it with people. They develop. It gives them like some sort of weird, like like how we have our feelings towards stand up and the uh-huh. purpose it gives us and the craft that we have. There's people who are doing that with online fighting and shit like yeah. that, and 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 canceling and whatever you want to trolling, whatever you want to call like that online. That's their thing. Uh, like how sad. we have stand up and we have our notebook. They have that yeah. Twitter and whatever other form they can get out and rage and like spew their nonsense, and then it's obviously like. You know, not again. None of these people are qualified to be people who get to decide the fate of others. You know, none of them. So, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know why they're listened to. It's it's really insane to me. Yeah, they've got to become wise to it eventually, though, right? I would think that that you would have to, at some point, like start to realize, okay, yeah, we're making major decisions about studios and television uh stream streaming platform we're making multi multi billion dollar decisions based on what a bunch of disturbed psychopathic nitwits are saying and then you're not getting you're not pulling from people who are not participating in that like a lot of people go to the movies and watch television and don't uh, go online and try to have people's lives ruined, mm-hmm. you know, or don't go online and express how distraught they o- are over this, that, or the other. And so, yeah, those are the people that are kind of catered to and played to. Yeah, and they just started giving a shit about it 12 seconds ago. Yeah, that's what drives me nuts about politics, man, is like I saw that happen in real time. I saw politics become something that no one knew anything about my age or younger 
Uh, no one talked about it. No one gave a shit. No one, no one, no one for years of social media. And then 2016 happened and it's like, man, now all of you people are just like experts in politics. You just figured out what was going on. And now you are like an enlightened being. You like, you call yourself woke, like which, so you're enlightened and, and you, and you ask like someone like that, a couple of questions that go beyond their main talking points. And they just flail around helplessly and start calling you names and get angry. Yeah, and that's awesome what I to realized. Watch. <laughs> yeah, that's what I realized because I started fucking with people like during like I used to do that on Facebook and stuff. Mm-hmm. It, I realized it, it's just like people are so easy to fucking just they take the bait every time. They can't help themselves. Yeah, it's a sickness. Yeah, it's mass mental illness for sure, for sure. No, no, no doubts about that. And it's different than any other, like, you can't be like, oh, well, people said this about TV and radio and computers and blah, blah, blah. It's like, well, up until recently, uh, well, first of all, radio and TV never watched you back and observed your behavior and then tricked you, (laughs) which is what, what this stuff does. It observes your behavior. First of all, it, it incentivizes you to do the worst of, it, it incentivizes you to attention seek. Mm-hmm. It, atten- it incentivizes you to be a part of these like hashtags and these trends and these these groups of people. And it's so ill informed. And they just they encourage you to be a rabid like ideological like warrior. You know, right? You're supposed to be fighting people all the time over your ideas and engaging constantly. And that's what they want. They want people online all the time, looking at their platform, getting advertising, using their data. It's it's uh, it's it's like cliche to talk about it, but it's still this weird thing that everyone still talks about because it's so insane that we just allow this to be a part of our society. This is just how we do things now. Totally normal. And it's like you can point to studies of like, you know, little girls killing themselves. Yeah. And it because and there's almost a direct correlation. You can't prove it, but it's like, okay, well, the year that Instagram became a thing, you go from that year, self-harm, suicide from teenagers, teenage girls especially, goes up astronomically. And we just all like continue to do it. Yeah, scroll through our explore page. You're just supposed to do it. Right. But it's just totally, it's like this corporate hell that we live in. It's not. It's not making people happier. No, so. or better, or smarter. Smarter. Or more everybody now has this thing that they have to battle. This yeah. addiction. It's like great. Another thing that I have to contend with. I mean, I could throw this phone out the window, but like that's not going to happen. Yeah. You know, at this point. Jesus. Uh, on that note. <laughs> on that very uplifting <laughs> note. Uh, I feel good now. I'm gonna hit the eight o'clock. um no no way uh dude thanks for doing this man brett davenport man i have to admit yeah i feel like you definitely carried this fucking episode and i want to thank you i was happy to be here i enjoy flapping at the gums cool dude well i really enjoyed it um i'd love to have you back yeah i'm done man i don't live that far away and especially if i'm coming from an open mic it's not far at all and I will not. I will not smoke a spliff beforehand. I feel like it's almost uh, you, disrespectful. You, I mean, you can shoot up, man. For all I can, <laughs> I'm not. Uh, I, I do not judge. 
if it, if it helps you th- get through the day, you know. My deepest fear was just that this was going to be a shitty experience for you. Oh, don't worry about that. Like once, this is how I wanted to open. The second that you confirmed, you were like, yeah, sure, let's do it. I was like, ah, I don't want to do it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you could have told me. That you were, no, no, it's not that. Feel it's free just to, I, I'm f- anything you put on the calendar. Yeah, it's like, oh, shit. Ah, fuck. What if it's bad? Yeah. What if, and this specifically, for obvious reasons, but... Yeah. And then it's like, but then when you have nothing to do, you're like, oh, I'm a loser. I have nothing to do. <laughs> yeah. And you're like, I got to get some things to do. And then you're like, oh, fuck. Got to do that. Oh, uh, dude. Brett Davenport with Things to Do. Yeah. Thanks so much for coming by. Yeah, dude. man. Thanks for having me. Cool.